Hey, what's up? It's T-Bone. Quick disclaimer for this week's episode. About midway through the episode, there is a really bad swear word in this podcast. This isn't like a gimmick or anything to try to get you to listen all the way through. I just realized after we did it, um, you should be aware of that. So if you have people that listen that would not like to hear swearing, uh, be forewarned. Maybe they shouldn't listen to this one. That's all. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Now, here's our very long intro. Balotelli, Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Gavin keeps it. Skin on goal. Look at that pass. Hayden! Goal! Columbus! There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dev sees tonight again. And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. Uh, lots to get to today. Uh, we are going to combine the world stuff mm. and the crew stuff because there's a lot going on in the world of both. And we have talked to some of you. You can always tweet at us at Bone Beam United. Uh, we've been asking the question. We changed the format of the podcast a few weeks ago, and we thought, do we want to keep doing just crew episodes and just World of Soccer episodes, or do we want to go back to doing what we used to do, which was a little bit of everything? Mm-hmm. And your, so your far, co-host on the show likes to say a little booyah bays. <laughs> yes, Mike likes to say that a lot. A, a, a cornucopia, pop, a potpourri, mm. however you want to say it. But a lot of you have responded and said, we don't this need the show separate stinks. Yeah. <laughs> right. You guys Appar- suck. No, this is yes, true. Yes, we it- do. So today on the show, we're going to talk about a crew legend. We are going to talk about the U.S. men's national team. We will t- get in a little bit of world soccer, too. We're going to do it all. We'll go back to that for a week and see what you guys think. Here's the thing. I'll be completely transparent with you. Um, the The world of radio and podcasting and content creation, every rule they tell you, is be super specific Mm -hmm. don't go general like if you're going to make a podcast don't make it about you know aardvarks make it about a specific type of aardvark and what they like to eat right (laughs) make it about and then and then never deviate from that plan right you don't Mm -hmm. just do like an animal podcast it's like today we're talking elephants tomorrow then you can do that right it, they they always tell you that, and then they're and then people will point to like someone who's really successful, and they go, "Oh, well, that's just one guy. That guy he does his own thing." <laughs> it's like, "Oh, okay." So I am telling you, we are trying to give you something that is the best quality product we can, but we well, also you're know you're in the wrong place for that. So. I, well, true enough. We're trying to give you a mediocre product yeah. that you can tolerate. Maybe that's a better way to say it. But we do want to serve our core audience, so. If you don't like what we've been doing, we'll change it. So feedback is always welcome at Bone Beam United. Uh, today, we'll kind of go over a little bit of everything, and then uh, we'll see what you guys think. And we can ditch the old form. We can ditch back to the old format if we want to. Uh, that's kind of what we're working with. But uh, yeah, Beam, we got a ton of things going on because not only do we have U.S. soccer, yep. not only do we have crew soccer yep. stuff to discuss, the World Cup, we will know Friday where, when, all that will who? be determined in the draw with the World Cup. Who we're playing, 
when what days the game oh i can't wait to see all this stuff it's gonna be great yeah it is very excited about this and uh, I will just say, going back to last week's podcast when we talked about Italy's failure, you know, of course, against uh, Macedonia. So it was another thing that I was very surprised about talking about Giorgio Chiellini and Bonucci together. Mm. Yeah. They will have, unless they, they are vampires and play in the World Cup four years from now, they will have never played a knockout round game for Italy on the national that is, team. That is unreal to me. I just wanted to bring that back up because knockout round. They have never like played. They have never played in a knockout game for Italy in the World Cup. I mean, they've lost two opportunities to do so. Clearly, right, right in there where they should have been. I mean, they should have played four years ago. They should uh, not should have. They lost. I mean, it. But you would have expected anyone of their caliber to have had two more opportunities to get Italy to a knockout round in a World Cup. They obviously played some knockout games in the Euros. We know about that. Yep, but. Man, that is what a what an amazing thing to think. Yeah, about. it is. Uh, it is pretty crazy. But you're right, man. I've uh, I've been on the random draw predictalator uh, basically all morning long here uh, as we record soccer podcast day on a Wednesday this week, and I've just been hitting the hitting the refresh button all the time to see what the potential World Cup draw for the U.S. could be. Because here we are sitting before the Costa Rica game, and we're already into the World Cup bone. If the team says they're qualified and they want to unroll that banner and Greg Berhalter says, no, we got to do our job. I understand that. <laughs> it hasn't been a good time in Costa Rica. For all intents and purposes, we are treating the show as the U.S. is in the World Cup. Well, and here, here's what I'm going to say on that front. Um, I understand what happened four years ago. I understand you're not technically qualified until you're technically qualified, and that's all well and good. I can't live in a world where a team that has Christian Pulisic on mm-hmm. it, a team that has all this firepower, even with the injuries and even with the yellow cards and everything stomach else. Stomach bug. Yeah, stomach bug, right. Got that going on too. I can't live in a world where that team goes into a must-have game and loses by six goals. No. Like, if that happens, shut down the soccer program for 10 years. And don't even think about a World Cup. In don't think about it in 2020. We'll just be good hosts. You know what? We, we're, we're not participating. But no, you are, no. you're welcome to come and have a good time here. Gio Reyna can like hang out and like sign autographs for people and be like, oh yeah, I play soccer all over the world. I'm not playing here. We don't have a soccer program. We shut it down because <laughs> we lost by six goals to Costa Rica. I know there's people that are going to say you're jinxing us. I No, I'm not. I'm not jinxing anything. If that happens, that's because this team doesn't deserve Tweet anything. Tweet them at, at Degenerate T-Bone if that yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm, I will take it all. <laughs> I will take it all. They're, it's not that they can't lose by six goals in Costa Rica. Anything can happen. You're right. It's a possibility. But if it does happen, we don't deserve a soccer team. Nope, it, you I cannot agree. have You cannot have what this team and what this country has as far as athletic talent and then go and lose six goals not even lose six. You, it's not. You have to lose by six goals. You can score three, and then they have to score nine. Like that's that. That shouldn't happen. So, just go out tonight, get a goal. We're not going to do the podcast tomorrow because technically I'm on vacation. So, yeah, look I'm at breaking you. my vacation for you to come and do this podcast. It's very say, nice of you. Well, because I, I wouldn't it's, do the same. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Uh, so, all right, let's talk about. Let's talk about the actual game that was in Orlando Ooh. prior to this one, right? 
That was pretty awesome. Not going to lie. It was. It was It was a fully operational battle station yeah. for this U.S. Yes, soccer program we've been looking for, right? This is this is what we've been wanting. We wanted to see this team actually play that way, and they finally did in a route of Panama. The only thing I think you'd call a blemish on that game was that it wasn't a complete shutout, uh, but that was pretty much other than that. It was, it was great. They were on the front foot from the start. You could even argue on the second penalty, Panama got a little concacaf Yep. Which, hey man, happens, happens to the best of us. It does happen. <laughs> Sucks when it happens to you. In this case, it happened against us, and I'll take it. Someone else got concacaf But no, first penalty, Beamer, I, I thought that was a clear and yes. obvious. And glad they VAR'd it, and glad that they got the right call there, because that one was a terrible no-call at first. Well, it was a terrible no-call, and there were two fouls. I mean, uh, Zimmerman got slammed down by the throat, um, so that was already a foul. And then, oh yeah, by the way, hand inadvertently touched your hand, or ball inadvertently touched your hand. So you had a handball, literally whichever call you wanted to make uh, right there. And it did seem like good job out of Orlando because I thought the support was pretty good down there. Uh, We obviously knew going into the game what this meant for the U.S. You could tell that they were spicy, couldn't you? On Sunday, like they were, their engines were revved up and ready to rock. Uh, And I think there were a lot of pent up emotions on this team about what happened four years ago during this cup cycle. Obviously the huge uh, disappointment that was and not getting to the world cup last time around, but you could tell like this team understood what that penalty meant. Zimmerman's going nuts, like cheering on the crowd. Uh, Pulisic buries that it's one nil feeling great about the situation. You quickly go up two nil, then three. And then all of a sudden it was party time. Uh, But it was like you mentioned, I think this is what everybody was kind of expecting when this team is at their best, when they're on the front foot, uh, they can do a lot of different things, Bone, and it was a remarkable performance. But yes, that first penalty, I mean, I'm screaming at my TV. There's nobody home. Meredith's at the bar watching it with a couple of her friends, and I'm literally screaming at my TV like, go to VAR! Go to VAR! And they did it. You get the penalty. Pulisic buries it. It was all good. Uh, And it was a romp from there on out. But yeah, no doubt. I mean, call whatever you want. It's a penalty. A thousand times out of a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a deserved, it's a deserved penalty there. The second one was, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like that was more of a momentum call. You know, where like the U.S. had just been dominating the match because that one came in stoppage time of the first half, right? Mm-hmm. And it was what was it at that point? Three nothing or two nothing? I can't remember. Uh, Either way, I think it was. I don't remember. No, it there was so it, many, was, it was three nothing because it became four nothing, yeah. and then they scored a goal in the second half. Which let's talk about that goal for a second. Oh, you nasty, let's, nasty boy! Yeah, let's talk about Pulisic because man, this dude obviously didn't have his. Uh, I wouldn't say his greatest performance ever at a stadio azteca um but he he clearly you know blowing the chance that he did was is going to live for a while but the question that we've had about him or the concern we've had about him is where is that passion where is that fire where's that thing that used to kind of set him apart obviously the talent's there but where's that extra gear he needs to reach to lead this team in a world cup i mean he had the extra gear he it had everything. There. Yeah. Yeah. But that that little clinic he put on in the six yard box was the first, one that unreal stuff from that dude, right? First of all, like the, the second Meg is what's getting the praise. 
the touch is outrageous. And the touch is outrageous. Like, yes. It maybe maybe it was a happy accident for Christian Pulisic that he was able to find the ball in space and be able to touch it down like that, and then make the make the defender and then slip past the goalie. That first touch, I don't care if it was an accident or not, was just. It, I was trying to comprehend it on the fly as I'm watching it in live time. And I'm like, okay, good ball in. He's got the ball. Oh, slips past the second one. I get that point on time when you knew when he was in on goal that that ball was going in the net. And I jumped off my couch and I was hooting and hollering and it was crazy. It was just, it's hard for me to explain this. It was one of the most beautiful goals that you'll see in a meaningful game that you've seen in a long time. Was it not? Like the, oh, the it, guy yes. who has been touted for so long, and I know we talked about this last week, the touted for so long, the savior of U.S. soccer, the wonder boy, Captain America, whatever you want to call him, whatever nickname that he's got out there. For him to be sitting on two goals and then to do that to bag his first hat trick for the national team, it's like, okay, well, he's not just a pen merchant. He can also do that in a big spot to complete this tidal wave. And uh, it was just, it's one of the filthiest goals you'll ever see. Yeah. I dude, honestly with that one, I don't want to get too hyperbolic. I do. Okay. That's fine. It, it may, it's, it's definitely to me for a person, for me personally, it is one of the most amazing goals I've seen by a U.S. soccer player in all my years of watching U.S. soccer. I'm not saying it is the most impactful. I'm not saying it's the most important. I'm not saying anything like that. That's silly. But as I mean, it was a go- it's the fifth goal in a route, right? I mean, sure, it helps as far it may become, you know, if, right? if this game tonight with Costa Rica ends up going like five nothing or something against the U.S., it'll be the goal that put them into the World Cup theoretically, right? But still, the point being, it's not about that. It's about the fact that we have said for years. There's 350 million people live in this country. There's got to be someone who has U.S. heritage who wants to play for the U.S. who can do something like that. Who can do that? It's the yeah. It's the there's got to be someone who's that good, right? It's the inside first touch for me, which goes. But he makes himself. He magged himself to split two defenders and then cuts it back (laughs) between another guy who then gets magged on the cutback. Like what in the world are we? And it all happens in the span of a second and a half. Like it's just no, man. It's it's stuff that if Neymar did it, it or you know, or or, or if Messi did it, it would be like. And those guys tri- have done it before. They have better. No, they no, have better I know they do, but I'm saying like than Christian Pulisic. But what it meant as a nation who just failed at qualifying for the World Cup. And again, take the result as you will. It's five one. It was a destruction job. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, him yeah. actually doing that in a cup qualifier in a game which means something. Come on, man. Yeah. Um, now, one thing that's coming from this, and I and, and we can we can get back to talking about some of the players too, because another guy who continues to put on a clinic whenever he's out there, Gio Reyna. Mm-hmm. Hello, like you're, and I mean hello, like Lionel Richie. That's how I, you're the one I've been searching for, though. I'm singing that to him. I don't it's like know. Tiger like, winning his first Masters. Well, I guess this is hello world. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes, it, sir. It is. Gio Reyna has the last two times we've seen him out there has really done some nice things, and clearly his little you know dribbling exhibition at Azteca is is gotten a lot of press too but this guy has been just he shows you the class that he's got and you get him and Pulisic and Weston McKinney hopefully when he's healthy for the World Cup and Tyler Adams like and Eunice Musa and Eunice but like this is the this is the midfield man it's not just about like oh you've got 
some guys up top that are just bangers, but no one can get them the ball. It's like, no, you're going to have service everywhere. You just need to find the striker who can figure all this out and get the positioning right consistently to score goals at the World Cup level. But anyway, the the midfield is strong, and this is great. I did want to touch on the crowd um, because I saw a lot of ink being spilled about how great the crowd was in Orlando. I just said it five minutes ago. No, you're right, and and it was. It was a great crowd. Um, There has been a little bit of, you know, my own Columbus love and affiliation. I start – I don't know if this is healthy or not, but there's a part – that instantly took that as like, what are you saying about Columbus? What are you trying to say? <laughs> like, you're saying we don't put on a group. Like, because it, it seemed like some of the national writers, not not most of the people talking about it, but some of the national writers were kind of taking the bent of, that was a really good atmosphere. And it seems like you could have a lot of games in other places that are not Ohio and it'd do pretty well. And, it, you know, I feel like some of the guys who were very bent out of shape about a, go- a game being played in 10 degree weather or 20 degree weather they were the ones who were very mad and then very happy to say, look this at Orlando. This person's initials GW. <laughs> it might be. He might be one of those people. But I don't want to single him out because mm. he's not the only one. All I will say is I think the atmosphere – and I'm not trying to disparage Orlando. They did. One of the concerns for years, Beamer, as you're probably aware of, is they don't like to put U.S. national team games in L.A., or in right. big markets in Florida yes. or New York City or Chicago for meaningful home qualifiers, they're afraid they're going to have a 50% turnout mm-hmm. of of whatever nation it is in CONCACAF right. because there's so many people from those countries who live in the U.S. and welcome, we're glad to have you. Correct. And I don't blame anyone for rooting for their team. I, if Hell, man, if I moved to Costa Rica, I'd be buying a ticket to the game tonight and I'd be going would. to my U.S. soccer jersey and I'd be cheering like crazy, even though I live in that country. I have no problem with that. It was so good to see, I guess, that, yeah, you. I guess the positive takeaway from that is that, yeah, you can have a really great U.S. soccer atmosphere in, in some of the cities where before people have said, oh, if you go there, it's going to be 50-50. No, mm-hmm. it, that, that is good. It is good to see this team. I, I do want to see this team become as much of a cultural touchstone, honestly, as the women's soccer team is. Yeah. That's that's where I'm at with it. I want the men's soccer team to be that level where people say, oh, yeah, that women's soccer team is great. We know their quality. I want the men's soccer team to get there. So that's I think that's the tide you're going to see turn with guys like Pulisic, with guys like when Weston McKinney's healthy. Well, I think also making the World Cup helps. <laughs> yeah, it does a little that bit. That seems to be sure. reason number one. Um, so yeah, let's lay out real quick the scenario for tonight again. Cause don't get your ass kicked or don't get, get your, your ass, ass kicked, kicked, but don't lose by six goals. Um, here, here's the mentality I want to see. And I want to get your thoughts on this because Berhalter has said, we're going for it. We're not, we're not going to change what we've been doing all qualifying to now come in here and say, Oh, let's just park the bus and try not to lose by more than two or three. Like, why would we do that? That's not our mentality. And I admire that. And I and I I think that's the right approach. I wonder this because you're looking for motivation here to make sure your team comes out and plays the way they're capable of. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Burhalter's going to give some chances to guys who maybe don't get to play as often, but you know, say, look, this is Costa Rica. This is on the road. They are a depleted Costa Rica. They're not what they used to be. They are they they know they're pretty much destined for a playoff right now. Let's go out there and break them. Yeah. And let's go out there tonight and get the first let's get a let's get a big result on the road. 
Let's actually go out here and make this happen and make a statement to the world that we are this good. And let's make a run at getting second in the group. Well, their confidence has to be sky high, right? I mean, coming off that performance against Panama. I would think I would hope so, right? Yeah. Like I would think and I would think a lot of guys would be hungry to be like, let's do that again. Let's run it back. Yeah. Like anytime you played any type of pickup sport, whether it's playing, you know, like touch football in the backyard or it's pickup basketball or I don't know, like men's hockey or like like a adult hockey league. I don't think when you're winning and you're doing that, I don't think you're like, Yeah, it's time to get off the court. No. I want to leave the ice. I right. want to not play. No, you're like, let's go do it again. Like, I would think that's the that's my experience anyway of playing rec level sports. I assume for professionals who paid millions of dollars, it's the same thing. Let's keep going out there and dominating. So I say that I hope they go out and they they unleash hell and they go out and try to win this thing as much as they can. And and yeah, if you get it at halftime and you're down three nothing, gonna have to change your tactics Correct. at that point. But let's Let's not be that if that happens, then you've got a lot of other issues going on. Right. And I don't think that's likely. Yeah, I know that maybe flies in the face of what some people want to do here, but I'm not saying qualification is all but assured. It's not. But you you have to, I think, I think, I think honestly, play the way you're capable of. Don't 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 water down what you do to suddenly just say, oh, we just have to do this. Well, no, like go play the way you're capable of. And that's what I was going to say, too. I mean, I think, you know, we've seen that before. If you play that way and it's not your style of play where it's like, oh, we're just going to sit 10 defenders behind the box or behind the ball and we're going to have the goalie in play as well. Like, we're just going to eat all this pressure. It's like, how many times does that work out? Every time that the last 10 minutes of a soccer game, you see a a team do that. It's like, oh, my God, these are the best chances the team's got all game. Yeah, dummy, because they've had the ball on your side and your final third for like 90 percent of the last 10 minutes. If that's totally counterintuitive going against your style. There's no reason that they should do that. You're coming off your best win so far in qualifying. Your team is flying high. You're on the brink of the World Cup. Don't even flirt with the idea of doing that. No, no. I I, I would rather see this team go play to their level of capability. And I think I think you're going to see that tonight. Um, by the way, Costa Rica has, for those who are wondering, like why I say they're down and all that. I mean, if you've not been paying attention, they've scored five goals in their last five cup qualifiers. Mm. Like, they're they're not this. I'm not saying they're a bad team. They are dangerous. It is going to be a tough game. All that and and the U.S. very well could lose this game. And I'm okay if they do. I'd hate to see it. But here's the thing: if you go and win, like you go out and win this game, you are going to finish second in the group, assuming Mexico doesn't put up a I don't know seven spot or something yeah. on on. I think they're playing El Salvador tonight. Like. Mexico is just saying we can tie and guarantee ourselves we're in, right? U.S. obviously knows they can tie and guarantee that they're in. But I think you'd be smart, but I think don't don't just pack it in and say it's okay to lose. Just let's not lose by more than two or three. Right? No, you, you go out and play the game and, and put some guys out there who are hungry to show that because you could still end up second in this group, and I think that'd be a pretty cool accomplishment. I'd, I'd gladly take that. Um, speaking of, uh, we were talking earlier about Italy as my... My dog just dropped a bone on the floor. I don't know if you could hear that, but it was very loud. Um, we were talking about Italy missing the World Cup. You know who else is going to miss the World Cup? Who? Mo Salah. Mm. Egypt's not going to the World Cup. It was everybody's seen this. I'm sure the the scenes on Twitter by now. Uh, by the time we're releasing this podcast, I'm not saying you have to replay the whole game again. That should not happen on a big stage like that. I mean, congrats no, to Senegal. No. The Senegalese players, like, they weren't obviously in control of that. For fans to shine laser pointers in someone's eyes 
as they're taking a penalty, one of the best players in the world. I mean, it's 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 cheating. It's unfair. I know that Egypt, the the soccer federation over there, has opened up. Uh, I think an inquiry with FIFA about this. Like, yeah, man, I don't care if you go out there and you just replay the penalty shootout from where it was. Mo Salah should be able to take that penalty again. Well, that you know what? That's an interesting point. And I know that they won't do that because they'll no, of say, course they're not. no, but I mean, like, and rightfully so, because there would be the thought, too, of you can't replicate that penalty shootout because you can't replicate where guys mentality is after yeah. playing 120 minutes and where physically their exertion level is. You know, if you let everybody come out fresh again, that's really not the same thing. But you're right. It 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 truly is one of those. Like I don't. I just don't know what you do to fix this problem. I don't right? either. Because stadium security should be able to find laser pointers. But I mean, at, at some level, if if someone hides it well enough, or I don't know to what. I mean, I assume most of that would get caught in a metal detector, right? You I think, would think. Yeah. But either stadium security didn't care, didn't do their job, or someone snuck in enough of them that they just got in the right hands and people. I don't know. I like. I would think you'd spend your whole day trying to kick people out for doing that. There should be no place for it. I, I will say this. I think that the penalty for this, like, you know, we just talked about Mexico at a Stadio Azteca. I have to play at 50% capacity because of their horrible homophobic chants that have been set over the years. I think that should be the type of penalty that gets, you know, logged against the Senegalese fans. Yeah, like, I agree. I, I don't like you. Good for you. You got to the World Cup and. I'm not saying this is even I, – I, it's not right. You don't shine laser pointers in people's eyes. That is wrong. It's scary. It's not something that should be done. All those things. I'm also going to say there are people who, if you said, you're banned for life from going to soccer games, it'd be like, worth it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I got my team – I helped my team get to a World Cup. Worth it. Yeah. I will live through them by watching it on TV. I don't care. My team got to a World Cup. I'll never come to a game again, but I'm excited to help. I'm a martyr. Yeah, like, and and among the people who know them, who are like, there will be people who go, "You're a hero! Congratulations, you did this." I wouldn't feel that way. You wouldn't feel that way. But I know that's a thing, and I know there are people, U.S. soccer fans, who would feel the same way. As and, and I would be against that. I'm not. This is not about Senegal or anybody, you know, any other country being, you know, somehow like this is what happens in some country versus another. And it's not about that, right? Like we've seen this all over the world that laser pointers and things like that happen and i think it just needs to be better stadium security and then you just honestly have to you have to punish places where this happens and say sorry you can't have as many fans i mean the and, scene where mosa i mean obviously you've seen it i've seen it everybody has seen it i mean his face was painted green uh it wasn't just like one rogue laser pointer i mean it looked to be multiple uh and then the fact he's leaving the field People obviously have to, you know, escort him to the locker room. He's getting stuff dumped on him. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Your team's right, in the World yeah. Cup. Is that not a big enough loss for him? Well, and then you had the keeper too, El Shanawi, who was getting laser pointers on him yeah. when he was trying to stop the penalties. Right. Like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I do. I shouldn't say that. I don't know. I do know being passionate and crazy about your team to the level that you do things where you say huh, rationally, I don't know if that was the best thing for me to do. I don't know if I'm proud of who I am in that moment. And I'm saying that as like a crew fan who years ago would yell, not anything, you know, that crossed any like moral lines like that, <laughs> but I nothing like that. But I'm saying like, I would yell things like, you know, you suck or like, hey, you know, tell your girlfriend I said hi or just, you know, whatever, just bull crap yeah. like that where it's like, <laughs> tell your girlfriend I said, hey, that's really yeah. going to get in this 
this guy's mind. That was like 25-year-old Bone who had <laughs> lived in church his whole life and then finally got out of it and was like, what do we say my, in the real world? This is my rumspringer. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't know how civilized people acted. I, I felt so bad. Anyway, but that was like the worst I did. But now I look back and I'm like, what an idiot. Like, what? It, like, yeah, that's that's a real good thing to yell at someone. I'm just saying, I've been there with that level of passion for your team where you're like, I want to see this team win almost more than anything else in the world. Of course. That's not the that's not the right way to handle that. And so, yeah, there needs to be punishment for that to show, you know, the next generation of fans, you don't do this because if you do, no one gets to go to these games. You can't you can't knock Senegal out of the World Cup for this, but definitely you can you can punish, you know, the the team going forward and say, yeah, you don't get it as easy next time to qualify. It's going to be harder. You're not going to have as many fans, but they need to do something to and I would say FIFA needs to institute a rule that if there's laser pointers being done, pull everybody off the field. Yep. Like the referee should be pulling them off the field just the same as you would if you were throwing flares onto the yeah. field or, or something dangerous. Yep. That's dangerous. They need to get rid of that completely. So pull the players off the field if you're going to shine laser pointers. And if that doesn't stop it, then eventually you go to further things. But anyway, there, there's my hot take on laser pointers. I don't think it's I a thought, hot take. I feel like that's something that would have been a hot take like in 2004. Right. It feels like this is such a long time. Spencer's gifts and load up on laser pointers. (laughs) I just feel like that's a thing that we got over like 10 years ago. And then now all of a sudden they're back. And I don't, I don't know how that happened. They say, uh, they say life is a, uh, or time is a flat circle bone. Everything that comes back into, uh, into play. Right. That's right. Exactly. That's why I'm wearing Jinko jeans right now. (laughs) listening to Limp Biscuit. I didn't think I'd get a Jinko Jeans reference today. Well, actually, Limp Biscuit's got new stuff out, so you, you're actually right on that. Chocolate right, starfish. Well, that's <laughs> And the hot dog flavored water. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we will honor a crew legend, and so will the crew this weekend. We'll talk about that next. You're listening to Bone & Beam United. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United. Before we get into honoring the crew legend, as I spoke about, I did want to point out this little factoid that uh, U.S. soccer game that was on FS1, mm-hmm. the World Cup qualifier, where they beat Panama 5-1. to one. Yeah, that game. That game was great. Uh, the viewership was up 23% from the previous men's national team World Cup qualifier versus Honduras that aired on FS1 in February. Most watched U.S. Men's National Team World Cup qualifier in FS1 history good. versus an opponent other than Mexico. Okay. So that is, that's a good sign. That's the too. qualifier. That's the, that's the stipulation we're putting on. Yep, yep. Because obviously I get Mexico, it. I get it. Mexico qualifiers are going to be another level. Um, here's an interesting thing. Top five markets as far as viewership in at number five. See, you know what? Screw that. I'll just tell you number one. Number one was us. Yeah. Number one was Columbus, Ohio, baby. You're damn right. Yeah. Uh, Columbus was first. Kansas City was second. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati was third. That's all just crew fans who live in Cincinnati. Correct. We know that. Because yep. it's a lot of crew fans still in Cincinnati. We get that. Salt Lake City was fourth. Good for them. I'll, yeah, that's, that's good. And Seattle, you know what? Good for Seattle. They showed up. They watched. I like that. That's fine. I'm not always a fan of Seattle fans. But whatever they did, hopefully they didn't have to tell We're anybody Americans how to, here, Bone. How to be fans? Well, I did want to point out Austin FC did not uh, 
crack the top five. Oh. I thought that was I thought that was where you had to go to to get all the soccer fans. Hey, I, by I, the way, too, you're gonna love this. Uh, so my wife is on spring break this week because she's a teacher, yeah. and that's what they do. They have spring break for kids and teachers. I've heard that. And she's down in Austin. Her uncle lives down there. Um, she's always wanted to go down there. So her and her mom <clears throat> flew down a couple days ago. Enjoying their time down there, I'm sure. And the best part about it is when Meredith was packing, she was like, yeah, I mean, it's going to be pretty hot, whatever. She grabbed all of the crew gear that she had and packed it all. And she's wearing nice. she's wearing crew stuff every single day that they're in Austin. That is so great. Good good for Mare. What a what a what a gem she is, huh? She you found really a, you is. Found the, you found a great one. By the man. way, she's getting more into soccer too. By the way, I mean, I is told she? you she was she was she went to a bar with her friends to watch the U.S. Men's National Team qualifier against Panama, in which I did not even attend. Yeah, she is going to watch soccer games by herself now out in public. I That's think my great. job here is done. I thought at the home opener, she seemed very into the game. Yeah. I thought it was a little much that she called every Vancouver player a motherfucker. Like that was. <laughs> That was, my kids were right next to her, and I was like, "Well, you know, teachers sometimes have to let some steam off. It's, it's what you have to do." <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. I know, buddy, and that's why swearing is not okay. Ex- not sometimes expecting that out of that's out why of, out swearing of you, is okay that out of her. <laughs> I, I looked at your daughter and I said, I this, is what, this is what you have to look forward to when you grow up. <laughs> I cannot imagine. And, you know, I, yeah, like seven people listening to this podcast, no Meredith, I'm sure. But like, <laughs> I cannot ever imagine your wife using that term towards anyone. But if she did, it would be hilarious if she was saving it up for Vancouver of all teams. God forbid. She, was, she knows my deep love for Vancouver. And she was just really pissed off that she day. She was just so mad that you don't like take a stand one way or the other. She's like, I'm going to show him. <laughs> I'm the ultimate bitch. crew fan. But she, <laughs> she spits <laughs> in my eyeball. <sighs> okay. <laughs> well, podcast is over. See you later. <laughs> How did we make ourselves laugh at this? Dumb, I don't know. All right. Whatever. Anyway. Meantime, she's just smoking cigarettes in the stadium. Yes, she is. Yeah. I thought that was a bit much too. But hey, whatever. Like yeah. you said, fl- times a flat circle. Everything's mm-hmm. going back in style. Mm-hmm. She had the Marlboros out, unfiltered yes, too. That was yeah, a bold choice. Pretty strong. Uh, all right. So speaking of the crew, let's talk a little bit about a guy who I got to tell you, if there was ever a guy in crew history that I thought might have smoked some heaters before a game, it would be this dude. But it didn't matter because he was so talented. Federico Iguain, Pipa, as of course. All black and gold fans know him. Uh, he is going to sign a one-day contract with the crew on Saturday, ceremonial as it may be, and then officially retire from soccer as a member of the black and gold. So there's going to be a pregame ceremony, video presentation. Very cool and, and well-deserved. Um, we can go over his resume for those who aren't as familiar. He had... In 193 regular season appearances, he had 55 goals and 63 assists, Jeez. which is, yeah. I mean, he's he's the only player in crew history to have 50 goals and 50 assists in regular season action. Uh, all-time leader in regular season assists and game-winning assists. He has 20 of those, which is pretty ridiculous. And third all-time in goal scoring. Um, so just all the things you want from a guy who was brought in, has a name, 
right, with his brother Gonzalo, yeah. who you associate with world soccer and you know how great he's been. I have to admit, I made the joke when he got signed because I didn't know much about him. I knew about his brother. I said, oh, did we sign Billy Ripken? Yeah. Like, what is this? And uh, I'm glad and I was wrong It wasn't a that. cheap fee either, right? I mean, it was a club record at the time, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I thought, wow, we're going to sign the brother of a guy who we know is really great. And it turned out that Federico Higuain was also really great. Did get, a, did get this team to an MLS Cup final, right, in 2015. Never got... We know how that game went. I'm going to have to rehash that. But didn't get the trophy, which I believe is one of the things you have to have to be in the circle of honor. I'm going to guess he still gets in at some point. Let's waive that requirement for for him. I would. I mean, I know there are some people that say you've got to have rules, and if you don't, then anyone can just get in. But come on. Like, Federico Higuain has, for about, like, from 2010 to 2020, there was not one player who more symbolized what the crew were to MLS. I'm not saying he played all those years. I'm just saying, in that name another player who was more impactful on the club in that decade, right? To go to 2019, right? Because 2020, obviously, kind of Eddie a new Gavin. start, new era. Eddie Gavin wasn't playing by then. He was he was mostly done. So, which is another, I loved Eddie Gavin. But anyway, <laughs> Federico Higuain, may he, uh, may he have a wonderful retirement. And I look forward to being able to honor him this Saturday. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I just wanted to pick your brain on this because it's been well documented here. Uh, my crew fandom has just it's grown leaps and bounds since the Save the Crew movement and everything. Um, for you personally, I know that you have your <clears throat> your your favorite crew fans of all time. Uh, game on Saturday, you know when he's being nominated and everything. Like I'm pretty sure that a lot of crew fans are going to have not many dry eyes when when he walks up there uh, and gets introduced in front of the crowd. Right? I would I would think it's going to be a pretty emotional day. Yes. Um, I think there are going to be a lot of feels going on, a lot of people who, rightfully so, have have uh, a lot of fond memories. You got to remember with this team too, and I and I I try to be sensitive to this because for me personally, right? Mm-hmm. Like I enjoyed watching Federico Iguain play. Yeah. I think he is in a very important part of this team. All those things. That all said, there are a lot of people that I am friends with and that I have stood side by side with at Crew Games who have another level of reverence for him that I don't think I ever quite got to in my own little heart of hearts, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I feel it's not even fair to him, right? Because he was, like I said, he's he's the guy that I think you most associate with the last decade of crew soccer, 2010 to 2019. We're now in a different decade, but like I think that's the guy you associate most with that. And I just have a bit more affinity for guys like in the 08, 07, 09, that era, because that's when I really became a hardcore fan, mm-hmm. different than like the guys that I rooted for as a kid that I knew, but I didn't really, I didn't watch every game because sure. I was, it was a different time with soccer, right? But like McBride and Varziha and, you know, all those guys that were playing at that time, I don't view them the same way I view that 08 to 010 crew because I had a different level of passion and was following it more intently. The 2010 crowd, I think there are a lot of people who came to the crew in that decade. Mm-hmm. And who was the guy? Iguain was their guy. That yeah. was their Brian McBride if you got into the crew in 96, right? That was the face of the team. So I think, and, and now you've got people that are coming in who are going to, you know, feel the same way about Lucas Zellerayan or, or various other oh, players, sure. you know, Jonathan Mensah, right? Like these guys who have been the face of this team the last couple of years and have 
brought a championship and all these things. So I think it just is, it's almost like rings on a tree. Whoever you have in esteem as like your favorite player to have watched as a crew fan, it kind of tells me where you really got involved, if that makes sense. So yeah, I, I love Federico Aguirre. I think he was a tremendous player for this team. I think there are some people who have him in a little higher regard than I do because that was when they came to the club and he was the guy who represented some really good times and, and some fun for them. And so I don't, I don't think that's bad at all. You know, uh, neighbor Eric, give you a neighbor Eric update. <clears throat> yeah. He, um, he says, now I don't know if this is true or not. Uh, Morgan Hughes put out a tweet uh, f- March 10th. So what is that? 20 days ago, three weeks ago. And yeah. he put out a tweet said, quick question. Anybody remember who did this two stick? And it was the bag of Peepa chips. Uh, Eric replied to Morgan. He said, me. So neighbor Eric, I'm guessing, holds Federico oh, Higuain in a world unto his own. I'm sure. I'm sure he does. I don't know if that's true or not, if Eric did create this. But if he did, that's wonderful. Well, I mean, if he's replying to Morgan Hughes, it's it's on the internet now. It's fact. And if it was a reply to a Morgan tweet, then it's, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much, it's done. That's how it works. So... Yeah, I, I think that some of my favorite memories of Federico Higuain are, in fact, like, I mean, it's pretty cliche, right? But the way that he would just draw a goalkeeper out and then pick him apart with mm-hmm. that little flip of the ball over, it it would just come out of nowhere. And every time you got one, it was so spectacular. It was just soccer goals to me have always been, I like that more than, say, a touchdown in football. Because you don't get them as often. Mm-hmm. So they're, to me, a little bit more special. But when they add that extra little bit of artistry on top of it, that is just like another... It's 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 the difference between getting like an Oreo and then getting like a ridiculous dessert from a French bakery. You know what I mean? Like just you put another <laughs> level to this. This is something else that's even more spectacular than, I, than I, what I was expecting. What's so. the difference between Chuck Steak and A5 Wagyu Bone? I don't know, but I know that Meredith would have some words with the cook if she brought out Chuck steak and it was a <laughs> order of God forbid one of her students is listening to this. Like I think I'm gonna, I've, I've like now wherever. decided I'm going to have to put a warning before the episode. I'm going to say this this show <laughs> includes one swear word, like one real bad swear. Word. <laughs> one real Just bad. wait for it, it. We didn't even say it. It was her. It was her. She said it. Yeah. Make sure, make sure she checks this episode. Oh out. yeah, I'm gonna tell maybe her. Maybe to... call her up and tell her to play it for her uncle, and don't say anything else. Just see what happens. <laughs> play, play this in a bar in Austin. See what happens. <laughs> yeah, well, they won't care because the first half was about the U.S. soccer team, and apparently they don't watch. No, so. they don't oh, watch well, at all. That's too bad. All right, uh, so Federico Higuain, we we welcome him back to the crew, and we hope that you have a great time out there if you're going to the game. I'm going. Hope, gonna make it. Yep. Been to every game so far this year. Look at me. Look at look. Must be nice. They've just like unaffiliated, no kids, just out there living life. Hey, man, I got a dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And, and when I can put my kids in a cage, I will get back to you on how rumor that's was that you thing. already do. <laughs> well, that's because I don't want him to end up like Meredith, just cussing yeah, people out right. in Vancouver. You actually White had Cat to things. impose that on them after they spent the day with <laughs> Meredith. Yeah, that's ex- we had to get the bad influence out of there, but uh yeah. All right. That's it for us. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Zaftig, of course, always keeping it real for us. We are hopefully to announce some some big plans with Zaftig mm. in the coming week. Listen to next week's podcast where we will be breaking down the World Cup draw. We will be breaking down what has been going on with the crew, and we will be talking more Champions League, more everything next week on the podcast. Till then, 
We'll see you later. Have a great week.